Just like Stuart Lancaster's centre options, we are back up to full strength and first choice team on the Egg Chasers Rugby podcast. So hit hit it, Jay. <laughs> It is Thursday, the 1st of October, and we are recording this from the Rugby Dungeon, the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, available on iTunes. You can get it on the Acast app as well. And thank you very much for listening. Uh, I'm Tim. JB, good, hello. Didn't say good morning then. Gumbo. <laughs> Gumbo. Good day, Tim. Uh, Phil. Hi, Tim. Phil, back from the Amani Desert. How was it? Uh, it was good. It was very good. It was different to anywhere I've been before, um, but good. Interesting to go there. The watching the Wales England game, two hundred miles from the capital, literally in the Omani Desert. How uh, did you manage? They got blanket Wi-Fi then. They they had like a, a little recreation hut um, where they had a huge satellite dish, and they wow. picked up basically every channel in the world pretty much we're watching on uh, I think South Africa Super Sport. South Africa Super Sport is an excellent channel, by the way. Yeah, when it was I went good. over to South. South Africa, obviously, um, for the Lions, they have it on constantly, and it's constantly rugby. It's brilliant. And if you think that the rugby coverage over here is savage, try South Africa. <laughs> Absolute snake pit. There was one which was criticising uh, Ricky January for not catching a high ball, and it followed up by saying, if it was a KFC uh, family <laughs> bucket, not only would he have caught it, he would have swallowed it whole. <laughs> Right. Savage. Uh, so we've we've watched Wales Fiji earlier today. Currently, it's the last ten minutes, I think, of France Canada, which has been another exciting game. This is, and I called it on the first weekend. This is the best Rugby World Cup ever. Absolutely agreed. Uh, Absolutely agreed. The, the t- I, I think we've got close to enough data to actually officially say that now, Tim. <laughs> the, the tier two nations are standing up and giving a brilliant account of themselves. Do you know what though? There is one team which is in the absolute embarrassment. Absolute embarrassment. Italy, right? Yeah. Over 10 years of first-class rugby experience now, Heineken Cup, we couldn't do more to make them into a better team. And yet, they're still rubbish. <laughs> I think that we bin them off and we bring in Georgia or, or we bring in Romania. Well, or, the, or... Someone who deserves it and actually wants to be there. Or World Rugby, listen to our calls for a, a worldwide competition for a second tier of the Six Nations with a promotion relegation element. That's not my call. And we've got that. you just I, and also, I mean you oh. you love Jay, you love to talk about the population of Wales. Yes. Like get your violin out and say how well you do against the odds. The team that were playing in the Millennium Stadium today defying the odds frankly because a, a population so small and they are they i know and to, are, and to beat an island nation <laughs> whose number one sport is rugby it's an achievement Let's, <laughs> it's a real achievement very good jay uh very good i just think fiji have come on so much and they're a proper team are they? and i yeah well, I, absolutely, I, I and dis- I, f- I feel really sorry for them in that pool because well, it, I think that's wrong. Because last time they meet, last time they met Wales, they actually beat them and they and they qualified from the group. No, they, they've given three top international teams a really, really good run for their money, and they're set, and they're no longer are they just relying on incredible footwork and breakaway tries, although they do that as well. They've now got a proper set piece. They look like a proper rugby team. Well, yeah, yeah, I'll give you credit there because the scrum was spot on. Uh, There's one line out that they threw. Back ball on on their own five metre. Cheers, have that all day long. Uh, They look very impressive and yet they still do the offloading stuff. I was a bit frustrated today because 
they threw too many 50-50 offloads that didn't go to hand. The one that did was spectacular, but they had three or four other opportunities where yeah. they broke in the first line of defence, they got support with them, and they try a speculative offload, and it doesn't go to hand, and they would have been better holding on, let the cavalry arrive, set up, and you've gained 40, 50 yards, you're in the Welsh 22, and you can play from there. I get it. It'd be nice only to throw offloads that go to hand. But that's incredibly hard. And the beauty of their game is they just go out and play. Now, I did love the, love the strategy they employed, because no one would have guessed. We're going to spend the first five minutes just offloading behind our own try line, <laughs> and then after that we'll play a controlled kicking game. I uh, <laughs> don't know. On the other side of the, of the ball, are you a bit concerned about this Wales defence, which was the bedrock of what made this team? I, I just wonder whether when you get one of the really good t- attacking teams facing Wales... Yeah, I'm terrified. Absolutely terrified. They're not just. They're not well, going to get cut to ribbons is, a bit. And this is the force of the Stuart Lancaster selection, which is oh, we, summer. <laughs> which right, is, who had that? Who had? Who had four minutes on the podcast before Stuart well, Lancaster baiting began? Go well, on. This is this is the. <laughs> we're talking about wait. We're talking about his team playing as well, and he still manages to talk about Stuart Lancaster. Well, Go on. Wales don't score many. Okay, so they rely on this ferocious defence. Now we've not got many players left fit. I mean, we're currently you know conscribing every man, woman and child of uh, rugby playing age just in case Tyler Morgan goes down who apparently played today not that I saw him Um, Can someone please uh, send a violin for the next podcast A tiny violin to go along with Jay This team may well qualify the Welsh team may well qualify but you are right their defence isn't what it normally is Their intensity that they bring is is ferocious Um, It is uh, They they matched Fiji in terms of ferociousness today I thought Uh, it, which was especially impressive considering they had a five-day turnaround. Yeah. Some of those players looked out on their feet after 45 minutes. Yeah, they minutes. really did. I, I, I really worried for Wales, but was slightly optimistic for Fiji at that time because Fiji had 15 minutes where they were dominant, where they scored that superb try just after half-time, but then Fiji themselves started to tire. Yeah. If Fiji had the depth and the fitness that some of the bigger teams do and they'd have been able to keep that performance going to 80 minutes, then Wales really would have been on the ropes. But then just just evidence by, by how far they've come, and like exactly what you're saying with the fitness. Oh. Manasseh, what was happening in the France-Canada game? Uh, uh, someone's called a forward a forward pass against Canada. I say for someone, it's the referee. <laughs> for, a Should, forward pass, Jay? Uh, well, Interrupting the podcast. Let the boys play. Let the boys play. Thank uh, you. And ma- it was massively forward. <laughs> uh, Manasseh Saulo plays in Romania for Bucharesti. And only a few months ago, before he got a visa, uh, he was farming on a sugar plantation and he oh, absolutely him. pumped Gethin Jenkins yeah, all well, day long. Don't forget, this is the same man that also uh, won two two scrums against the head against England. So, you know, he's a legitimately good uh, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Player, it's it's you know? fantastic. I mean, just good on your Fiji, I think. They went, yeah. back, they went back more so in this game than... In their previous two, they went back to the Fijian style, mm. uh, and uh, that's good, isn't it? I mean, yeah. we should all have our own style, you know. Uh, it's good. I like it. What's the Welsh style? Just one up bash. The Welsh style just implode to be miserable. Be miserable until you actually do something. <laughs> um, Alex Cuthbert's a bit of a shambles, though, isn't he? Mm, explain your thinking, because I do agree with this, but I'm wondering if we're uh, coming from the same point of view. He just he just looks a bit brainless a lot of the time. Well, he's another one of these, which is probably... He's kind of like Pierre Spies in, Spies in some ways. And when I say like Pierre Spies... Yeah, I was going to say he's... He's too talented to be any good, really. Look great with his top off? Uh, not so much, <laughs> but he's he's hell of an athlete. And I sometimes think that because he is such a good athlete, he doesn't tend to work on, on the rest of his game. And that's why you've got 
the Alex Cuthbert, which you have now, who, by the way, is still like a Lions tourist and test winger, but he's still not the player that he could be. He but would not be making a Lions tour if it was picked tomorrow. No way. No, but he not did. Even no chance. Was, what, 18, oh, two years ago. He did. Months, two years ago. Yeah. Well, do you know we've got a bit of a uh, strength of um, depth issue in Wales? I heard some devastating news today. Go on. Well, we could do with another flanker, right? Well, that's that's one of the places that you do have good depth. But we could but do. You could always do with another flanker. Well, did you know Sam Warburton's a twin? I did know. Yeah. Well, I didn't know this. I only found this out, found this out today. Sam Warburton's a twin, right? And this twin, instead of deciding to become the second best flanker the world's ever known, <laughs> and maybe a Welsh vice captain, has decided to be a physio for the Newport Gwent Dragons. It's not the best use of our talent. <laughs> mm. Two Sam Warburtons, I'd take that. So I'm a bit angry about it. I'm not as angry as I was when I heard that uh, George North's brother has decided to go to medical school and not take it professional rugby. Every every time Dan Bigger shapes up to kick, we talked about it uh, last podcast, but every time he shapes up to kick, I just I just start going, Shamal! <laughs> <laughs> the telly. Just looks like you should have uh, Beat It by Michael Jackson on. It's it, it's ridiculous. He it's, is playing up to this now, isn't he? he I, I don't know, but the, the one thing I'm thinking is if Wales do really, really well and maybe this is the stuff of legend and gets played 50 years from now on you know the equivalent, like we, we look back at black and white pictures of the JPR and, and um, Gareth Edwards and all the rest of it. What if people look back at Dan Bigger? He's just ruining his future legacy. You know, I've legacy. never seen JPR or Gareth Edwards play ever in my life. Never seen them. Mm-hmm. I own... I, You've never seen that Barbarian I've seen the try. One Surely Barbarian you must have seen try. the one Barbarian try. But it's going to be hard to judge a player's uh, body of work by the one Barbarian <laughs> try, isn't it? But, the, yeah. but this is what I mean. Dan Bigger's whole body of work could just be judged by a ridiculous routine. Whatever he's doing, keep doing it. Keep doing 12 it. 12 from 12. He, yeah. He's, he's amazing. His kicking is superb. But his all-round game is, has been absolutely superb. His defence is excellent. His distribution's good. His decision-making has been good. Yeah, well, I, you know, someone pointed out on Twitter today how foolish you two were to put him in, to not put him in the joint England-Wales team before the game. Oh, right? yeah, but... I, then hear me now, believe me that, later. Would that same person have done that before the England well, game? Well, I, no I, I did it. I no did chance. it. <laughs> I was, did it. Yeah, and you just liked to bring up... Oh, you just. This is where you flip-flop around with the way... You, you pick whatever angle... If suit. I flip-flopped, right, no, I no, would no, right. still be calling for Miles Benjamin no, 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 on, no. on the England wing. <laughs> no. If I was a flip-flopper... No, no, no. <laughs> you, you pick whatever bit of data suits the argument you haven't had. <laughs> so, a moment ago, you were going on about Alice Cuthbert Worley was a Lions tourist. Owen Farrell was the number two fly half behind I never, Johnny Sexton. 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 I, and he was this also, isn't something I've said. Owen Farrell was also nominated for the World Rugby Player of the Year that year. Town, this, this is nothing I've said. I've not said anything. No, no, you brought up the Lions in relation to Alex Cuthbert. Uh, I'll move on. I, I think what we did learn about Fiji, this is something we've, we touched on a minute ago and we've said again, just think how good they would be if Australia, New Zealand, England, France, Wales, Ireland, Scotland went and played away games there and, and did what we should do as our obligation as World Rugby Nations to try and develop the game as much mm. as possible. Uh, and if we stop nicking their players, obviously that'd help. Yeah, stop nicking their players would be helpful. I'm not sure actually you're right on that, but that's a. I mean, I, the reason I say that is I just don't really see the benefit of going touring there. If the population already plays a lot of rugby, it's not going to get more popular. And I think, you know, the ILB or World well, Rugby chucking going. Them, chucking them a bit of television money wouldn't enable yeah, them to develop their is, players even more. Well, that's a completely different matter. By all means, do that. But actually, I think you're probably better off taking your tours to more populous nations and trying to spread the game around there. 
is well, my is my opinion. Because no, it's never going to die in Fiji, is it? it? It won't die, but the money that they can use. So the All Blacks toured there, toured, um, not toured, but played in Samoa this yeah. year. Yeah. And that money will generate training facilities from Correct. from grassroots up. So lads who are coming through at 10 years old will have better pitches, better it's facilities. E- yeah, it's easy to take for granted what they managed to achieve, but there's that film... Um, Pacific something Warriors yeah or something. Pacific Warriors was yeah it. Uh, and and that highlights just what they managed to do against all the odds now if we should I just say it's an obligation and how much better is this World Cup with just a little bit of investment that World Rugby have put in to help I, with coaching you know, I actually think that World Rugby would be better off doing something like funding like funding Georgia to go or something like that. I mean the money's there I'm just saying with the big teams it's probably better to go to more populous nations if you yeah. want to truly grow grow the game and make it an international sport I hear what you're saying you know, I hear what you're saying uh, Phil you were obviously in the Amani Desert for Wales England let's briefly uh, let's give you your, your right rugby scene, reply on scene that like that uh, there's a few expats who follow a bit of rugby but pretty limited uh, out there okay. I, I, I listened to the pod when I was out there very good. Good to hear friend of the pod, Bryn Williams. Yeah. Always insightful. The, I, I thought you covered it pretty well. The, the one thing I've been thinking over and over again about the the decision at the end of Rob Shaw, three minutes to go, do you kick for the corner, do you kick at sticks? I didn't hate the decision to kick for the corner, but I hated the fact that he went for a two ball and made it very, That's a, very yeah. easy for Wales to defend. Because for two reasons. One, Wales on their own line are not going to throw a man up. They're not going to compete in the air. So nope. you can throw it wherever you want and you will, 99%, as long as you throw it straight and high enough, you'll get the ball. Yeah. So for, for that reason, I'd suggest back ball. For the fact that they got pushed into touch, you want to be as far away from the touch line as you can and also you want to be as close to the posts because if you set that driving ball up close to the posts, you're either going to score over the line or Wales are going to give away a penalty and a penalty 15 yards in from the sticks is a lot easier to kick than a penalty five yards out. So I didn't hate the decision to go for the corner, but I hated going for a two ball. It didn't make sense. Whoever made that call to go for a two ball... I assume it must be Jeff Pauling. You go back a few weeks, and this is what me and Phil were saying, the one concern we have over England, there's no doubt they've got the talent, but there's not a lot of experience there, and are the leaders going to step up? And it's those type of positions where actually you get squeaky bum time and you make the right call or the wrong call. And I think what's maybe being shown up is the the inexperience of the England team. Yeah. Jeff Pauling's 31. He's one of the best line operators in the world, allegedly. He's got more, more than a few caps. He's a lion. There's no one experience there. It's either a mistake or he's chosen that option based on... Well, we're saying it's a mistake. Okay. We've seen Wales today and uh, they beat Fiji as we imagined that they would do without the bonus point, which again... Massive. This is is what I look at. We'd have been been sat top. I, I was just looking at some probability scenarios before and I was, I was looking at what would the probability of the kick at goal have to be in order to make it the right decision so for example if it's a 20% chance of getting the, the kick at goal you'd say you go for the corner yeah and so just throw in some probabilities about um, oh, I love having a quantity surveyor are you just throwing them as, out as, are as you banding them around well just just uh, throwing them about and then weighting them based on the impact it would have oh. on the, have on the group so arrogant kick for the corner from that position 99% of the time you'll get it uh, maybe not 5 metres out but you might oh, get right, 7 yeah, yeah. metres out you'll get the corner the line out given that Wales weren't competing you should be hitting that 95% of the time and then from the catch and drive assuming you go for the back I reckon 
it should result in 20% of the time either a try, mm-hmm. which would give England a six-point swing in the group, or a penalty, which would give England a three-point swing in the group. By three points, I mean Wales lose to England game one. I'd uh, yeah. recommend getting a pen and paper out and just make notes on uh, what Phil's saying if you want to ke- keep, keep up. <laughs> this, is, this is brilliant. I'm loving it. So the weighted expected return of that decision... One in five of a try, basically. Is that what you're saying? Uh, one in what? five of a try from that, yeah, given that you're five metres out. Uh, but the weighted return of that would give you 1.57 points in the group. Whereas the kick at goal, if you say it's 75%, would give you... 2.25 point return points in the group stages the the chance of getting that kick would have to drop to 50% in my opinion in order to make that mm. actually make the the kick to the corner actually the better decision and given the way that Owen Farrell was kicking yeah I think it was a bet. It was better than fifty percent chance of getting it. Exactly. Therefore, it was on probability the wrong decision. And if you look at the defence from Wales, I'm loving this. And you drop the percent of getting a try to say ten percent, one in ten. Love it. Then you'd have to be on like a twenty five percent chance of getting the kick. So it makes it look. It does make it look. Jay, can you just can you just applaud Phil? That's 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 a commitment to working out um, uh, an issue. Absolutely (laughs) love it. Time weighted return. Nice. Um, So, how do you see pa- uh, Paul A panning out, Phil? We've got England, England, Australia this coming weekend. You're going to be at Twickenham to watch it and report for Canterbury. I am. I am. I'm representing very mu- the podcast. Very much looking forward to it. I'm very excited about that. I'm not particularly optimistic, though, for England. Mm-hmm. I do think that having Morgan back and having JJ back yep. will have a big impact, assuming they're both 100% fit, which you have to trust that they are. But I, it's a three-point game either way, and I'd I'd find it very difficult to call it. Uh, as much as I will be backing England, I can't say it, you know. I mean, I think, ironically, the bonus point missed by Wales today will be their biggest boost. Because they think, I feel now that they're in it. We get that bonus point today, and this thing is over. It doesn't really matter. Well, no, now it's dead simple for England. It, it is, They've got to win. What, it's, it's knockout rugby starts here. Yes, yeah. definitely. And it's it remains... England win five games, they win the World Cup. Which yeah. is, is very simple to say, but every, it's the same for Do the time, do the time weighted return on that, Phil. <laughs> this, uh, Probability. <laughs> Not <laughs> great. I, I don't know if I'm being ignorant or I'm being uh, over-optimistic, but I, I feel good about it. I was at Twickenham for England-Australia this time last year. Yes, you were. And we absolutely blew them away. Uh, and I know Australia have come a long way with Michael Checker. Yep. I know they're a different team, but... Amazing, I, isn't it, how Michael Checker only took less than a year to change change the culture of the Australian team, but it's taken Stuart Lancaster four years. <laughs> just saying. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Uh, I, I feel... Pocock at eights? Yeah, I know. I just... I love Pocock is... I mean, that would be the one thing, is if England do lose then I'm just glad David Pocock's still in the World Cup because he's an environmentalist. Environmentalist, <laughs> is that what you mean? He's mentalist. An, he's an environmental he's campaigner. He's right, with the best excuse not to marry his girlfriend of any man I've ever heard. And he said he will not marry his his girlfriend until gay marriage is legalised. In Australia. Yeah. Now, as much as I, <laughs> I love it. As much as I love my wife, I wish I'd have thought of it sooner. <laughs> It'd have saved me a lot of money. I love it. I, I, th- I think it's brilliant. Um, you should have picked some... He sounds like one of your dinner party guests, Tim. <laughs> he, uh, he complained to the referee, didn't he, um, about 
homophobic abuse being dished out by a rival player oh to Oh my a, God, to he another. sounds like such hard work. He, uh, he's a hero. He, yeah, sorry, he's a hero. He's he, a hero. He chained himself to a digger as part of a protest uh, against a Malls Creek coal mine in New South Wales. So there was uh, some protesters going there and he turned up and chained himself to a digger. <sighs> I think what, he, I what love do you want me to say about this? And he's an unbelievable rugby player. Now we're talking. We can talk about his rugby, and, that, and that's all. That's the, all I'm prepared to talk about. The best thing about the uh, Hooper Pocock combination is a portmanteau that I saw today for the two of them, which is Pooper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if anyone's got any better rugby portmanteaus than that, please let Very us know. Good. <laughs> people, CJ, people say sport and politics shouldn't mix, but I like it. No, they shouldn't mix, he, mate. They he, really shouldn't. He keeps chickens in his back garden, grows his own fruit and veg, and... Uh, it's a bit like you, that. Like like yeah. <laughs> and he's ignited a debate about homophobia in Australian society. I think he's a, I think he's a, I think he's a top bloke. But um, let, let, let's, let's do what we did with England-Wales and go through the starting lineups and pick a combined 15. We can rattle through this. So uh, in the front row, then, you've got to go Joe Marler... Marla, Marla, Moore, and Capu. Uh, well, yeah, because it's not going to be uh, Youngs, is it? And Capu over um, over Cole. Cole. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you on that. Hmm. So in the row, who do you pick? We've got Launchbury and Parling playing Kane Douglas and Rob Simmons. Yep. Came in, I'll believe me later. <laughs> Dean Mum, try second half. You're in trouble. <laughs> um, it's an athletic second row, that. I would probably pick uh, Launchbury Simmons. Yeah, I'd go for that. Launchbury seems to be coming back in back into uh, some form now, so I don't think I'd disagree with that. Uh, Fardy or Wood? I'd probably Fardy's go... very good. Fardy is very Fardy's good. Fardy's very good. Yeah. And Wood sometimes just disappoints. And he, he it felt to me a little bit like he lost his head in the well, in the Wales game. Um, and in the Fiji game to uh, to a certain extent, lots of little in, like little indiscretions. You could move uh, Robshaw to six. Yeah, yeah. I, t- I tell you what, I'd be tempted to do is play Morgan at eight. Morgan at eight with Hooper and Pocock Hoops six and, Pocock. and seven. Yeah, done. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B two B, and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B two B either. That's why if you're a B two B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Then you've got a real ball carrier in Morgan. And yeah, done. Hooper and Pocock do everything. Have we spoke about Easter yet? I'm really happy about that. 
I, I, I think that makes sense having him on the having him on the bench. He's he's, he's the replacement. He's the next number eight in line. Yes, and, he is. And Morgan with his fitness concerns, injury concerns. Yeah. you need someone who can do a proper job. Someone... And I, I'm 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 actually I, I've gone on record. I think he's a superb player, brilliant bloke, great businessman. But I uh, I, right, I, yeah. I rate other people above James Haskell. Oh, I, he's not an eight. Yeah. No, no, we, we I'm not, not even. We I'm talking that. about him as a as a flanker. Yeah, yeah. I rate. Yeah. I, I would rather have Easter on the bench than Haskell. I just. I don't like. And you got second row cover. Wouldn't it be good if the England bench had someone else who was capable of playing international back row? Wouldn't it? Like someone who was capable of playing a six, mm. like Ooh. real high caliber six, maybe six and cover can, twelve. Wonder if we're going to unearth one of those. Mm, yeah, see. just well. cover twelve, but like a real outstanding six. I'd be I'd be disappointed if that person that could maybe play twelve and also cover in the back row. I'd be disappointed if if that was there in place of someone who had maybe a creative spark that could open <laughs> up a game if we really needed to try and win it in the last minute. Yeah, yeah. shame we don't have that really, isn't uh, it? Yeah, well. It is a shame we don't have that. Uh, right, so back row um, we've got Hoops, Pocock, and Morgan. Uh, scrum half then, Will Genya. I'd go Young's. Genya's form has been disappointing. Shocking. Last well, not shocking. Years. Inconsistent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Foley or Farrell? I think this is tough. Mm. Farrell. Uh, look, I said Big got one over on him on the weekend, but I have a whole new respect for Farrell. I thought he played very, very well. Yeah, he did. He did. Closest, closest well, thing to Johnny Wilkinson that England have had for a long, long time. Faz is in. Uh, yep. Centres, we've got. Matt Gitto and Tavita Kurindrani. I think you just picked those. Both of them. You're going with Barrett's. <laughs> Weird. Barrett it, against Gitto. Ooh, this doesn't sound good, does it? <laughs> it really sounds bad. In fact, and we've got some form as well. Hasn't uh, Gitto got back-to-back wins over a Barrett midfield? Oh, he has. Settle yeah. on the Saracens. And as for Kurindrani, I know you love Kurindrani. I do. Um But I really like J- JJ. And a fit, a fit JJ is, a, is an X factor. Is he better than Kieran Drawney? Then no. Kieran Drawney is an X factor as well. Um, I, me personally, I would go Kieran Drawney over, over Joseph, but it's very, very close. Tim, all right, I will go Kieran Drawney as well. Uh, right, I really want you to prove me wrong, um, JJ. Come on, have a big game. Uh, right, wingers, you've got Rob Horn and Adam Ashley Cooper. It's got to be AAC and Watson. Yeah, I would go or maybe May and Watson. To be fair, Watson for me is undroppable. I I I love him though. Yeah, but ah, oh, double AC. He's a he's the man. He's the man at thirteen. I, I think oh, he's a good player. He's, he's an good. outstanding winger with more than a hundred caps on the wing, uh, wing the and wing. wing and thirty. Yeah, but he's, I think he's played most of his international rugby on the wing. Okay, just put it another way then. If you were defending, who are you more scared of, Adam Ashley Cooper or? May. Yeah, oh, I'm happy Johnny May. If you tr- if you trust someone to to score when it matters and to make a tackle when it matters and to be in the right place for a kick when it definitely matters, not an England player. You've you got a good go point. F- you go, go for Adam Ashley yeah, Cooper every all time, round, all round game. Uh, uh, and mm, fullback mm, Mike Brown or Izzy Falau. Uh, it's only not no debate. Well, one of them has made the most meters in the Rugby World Cup so far. Is that Mike Brown? And it is Mike Brown. He's really? also he's also beaten the most defenders in well, the. Is he flowers could always go on one of the on one of the one of the wings? Now I got a little bit of uh, just a little bit. Um, some people saying, Tim, I think you got it wrong on Mike Brown. I, I thought I, I said in the wake of the Wales game that I thought he, lost, very he, he lost his head. And no, I just said he gave away, and it was a few times. And I, I, I mentioned him along with a few other England players who gave away brainless penalties. Um, I know he had a reasonable game otherwise, but 
I just I think he lost his head. Where where do you stand? Do you think I had anything any any point at all? He he did lose his head, um, and he did give away a couple of silly penalties. But I still thought his overall performance mm. was super. Yeah, and he's, you know, he's dealing with the the high ball, both him and Liam Williams were exceptional. Oh, I, I love that ball. battle. I thought they were just re- oh. against each other. They were both outstanding. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mike Brown. It's easy to criticise him when he gets a bit angry and he loses, losing his head. But actually, that is what makes Mike Brown Mike Brown. Yeah. You take that away, and you've you've got a fairly unathletic fullback with a medium sized kick. <laughs> you know, he's, he's so passionate, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I know we spoke about the interview last week, but I love the interview as well. Get out of his face, he's just lost. Yeah. Mm. Let him sulk. <laughs> uh, Australia, I'll tell you what they have got is, is a lot of depth because their backs that they can bring off the bench, Phipps, Tamua and Beal versus Wigglesworth, Ford and Burgess. Uh, Australia have got not necessarily more talented players, but more consistent players. Oh, I do think they have more talented players in the yeah, backs. Yeah, probably actually, but yeah, by a mile, by a mile. Because I'm, I'm just, I was just actually as you were talking, I was going right. Think of an outside centre we could have picked in the squad. That Elliot Daly. Elliot so, Daly is the a only one replacement for JJ. Never, n- not capped internationally in a full senior Test match. Yeah, yeah but I haven't seen him have had, had, have many bad games. And there's another centre you played who hadn't had a cap as well, but I can't remember his name. Oh, <laughs> Sam Burgess. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So you know, the, Australian, the, the Australian bench does look pretty strong. Are they going to go with Quade Cooper on the bench? No. Nope. No. Nope. Tamua is covering 10-12. I like Tamua on 10, 12. I really, His defence is super. Yeah. He can distribute. He can kick. Like like a lot of these players, like Kurtley Beale. Mm. Beale can play 10, 12, 13, wing, full-back. Well, you could write each one of the Australian backs' names on little bingo balls and just pull them out and make, <laughs> and make any number of back lines. AAC at 15. Falau yeah. on the wing. Uh, Beal uh, on the Beale wing. Beal at 12. Be- yeah, it doesn't matter. Gitto 9, 10, 12. Uh, yeah, he's actually played international International nine. Nine, pretty yeah. frightening, isn't it? Uh, I mean, I look at this and in years gone by, you'd have said, oh, England will we'll bully him up front. But I think probably one of the biggest features of this World Cup, as well as just in general, the tier two nations getting better, is that this, this haves and have-nots bullying scrum time. Not and, happening. And like, it's not happening well, in the way I it has suppose- before. That's one of the easiest places to improve. It's a static strength contest. Uh, as, uh, what's his name says? Romanians do a lot of deadlifts. Uh, correct. <laughs> Absolutely right. As Warren Gatland says, be the best at the jobs that require no skill. Now, I know some props say, oh, the dark arts, but really, you just got to be very, very strong. So, you know, and it's a team thing as well. If, you, if you've got a good, organised eight-man scrum, you're probably going to be okay. So let's do this then. How do you see Saturday going, Phil? You're going to be in Twickenham. You're going to be in the East Stand. I am. Watching England, Australia. I'll be nice and merry yep. by then, hopefully. Mm. hopefully. Good, good. Um, I hope you're happy and merry afterwards. Yeah, it might, might need some... Don't get uh, violent again, not like the last game. <laughs> <laughs> might need some... Uh, something to numb the pain afterwards. You, the pork scratchings they sell at Twickenham are incredible. <laughs> they're, they're about four quid a bag, but they're so they good. Are. So good. Um, I think I think Australia can match England in the set piece, if not beat them in in the set piece. Scrum and line out. England's line out is frail. <laughs> it's pathetic. But um, providing they can get the platform, Ben Youngs and Farrell have shown that they can control the game quite well up until say sixty minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think it'll be very very close. 
Um, it's interesting that Australia, their first choice wings, um, Horn and AAC, are nowhere near as exciting as, say, um, Tamua and Henry Spate. Not Tamua. Uh, Tamani. 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 Joe Tamani. Joe Tamani, mate. Great name for um, Henry Spate. So they're, they're playing a slightly more conservative back line, but it's still very talented, very good offensively, and also good defensively. I think it'll be three points either way. I'm edging towards Australia, unfortunately. You know what? I if when you have the two teams on paper, I look at them and go, "Where's the most talent?" And I have to say Australia. Yeah, but there's something in my mind that is thinking it's going to be England. I just think they know how to beat beat Australia. They've done it numerous numerous times, and they really need this win. And I think with the result that Wales had today. It's just going to give them that, that, that extra edge. And I really hope that they do have the culture needed to go out and uh, go, go, go out and win. Uh, as much in hope as expectation, um, I do think... I do think because they, they have no other option. They have no other option. This is, this is knockout rugby. And the atmosphere is going to be incredible because everyone in that stadium knows... 80 minutes and and that's it the world cup is on is on these 80 minutes and mm. I, I think that they will find another level and i'm happier with the selection for this week and i, yeah, I think they're going to do it just quick, i think they'll win quick question what went wrong after 60 minutes on against england Wales? just just very briefly very briefly ben young's got injured but the welsh injuries which allowed a, a scrum half to kick down the wing i mean yeah that just is a freak rugby event it really is uh, because they had it covered. But Billy Vanapola went off injured. Laws went ben off. Yo- ben Young's went off. Nine. Yeah, but Tim, just think about it. Injured. Just, just think about it. Wales had two fly halves and two nines. And one of the nines is on the wing and he puts through a, a grubber kick. Which no, no, no. Was, which but, the, but the nine and ten was... didn't change. The eight, nine, ten didn't change in your game. No, no, no. Uh, that's not the point I'm making. The point I'm making, it was just a complete freak no, rugby event. Well, no, but, the, the, but you're ignoring the point I'm making, which is that the eight and nine... There was enforced changes. Well, yeah, but in, I don't in, think that made England, a difference. In I think England, it, the eight, nine, and ten all changed because Farrell yeah, yeah. went to inside no, centre. Farrell went to inside centre. So there you go. That that's it. That's eight, eight, nine, ten. What do you think would, would have happened differently if your eight, nine, ten didn't change? We'd have won. How? Controlling the game, controlling the game. Tem- tempo increases. That, that, that I, is I, the heart of a team. I just I, think it's I a think completely a, freak occurrence that a scrum half on the wing decided to do a crossfield grubber no, but it, and the other scrum half picked that up. wasn't what the tide completely swung after that 60 yeah. I, I re-watched it we, we'd have been, we'd have been 20 minutes we, we'd have been maybe 15 points ahead instead of just 10 points ahead I, I, I do agree I think that was the big thing so. the, the tempo the, the whole uh, like direction of the game changed from that point and that is a, a valid argument for why it happened Mm. Fine. Let's talk about some other rugby because there's plenty more, cool. and we've got there is? we've got a pretty <laughs> we've got a couple of pretty tasty matchups. This is uh, a big one. This one, Samoa Japan on Saturday. Oh, actually, firstly, of course, Friday night, New Zealand Georgia, um, five point win for New Zealand. Thanks so much for coming, Georgia, and I hope, hope you uh, have a good time playing against the world's best. We'll uh, see see some heroic scrimmaging, some yeah. heroic defence, but it will be five points to New Zealand. Yeah, Samoa mm. Japan on Saturday in Pool B. Big game. This this yeah. is very big game. This is massive game because. Both of them have a legitimate chance of getting out of the group. Do they? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Sorry, I'm thinking of Tonga. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, Well, yeah. Uh, Let's have a think about this now. I I think the South Africa game might have been the emotional um, roller coaster for Japan, and I think think Samoa... Have Samoa played Scotland? They haven't, have they? No, No, not yet. No, I think Samoa Samoa will win. 
I happen to think that as well. I think Japan, they're well rested. They've not played that's, for that's true. nine days, maybe, since last Wednesday against mm-hmm. Scotland. And they are very well organised, which is something that Samoa don't always have. Uh, so I'm going to say Japan hmm. to win this. That'd be brilliant. I hope, I hope you're right. I really hope you're right. Uh, and then this is a big one as well. South Africa against Scotland. This Give is Scotland. This is for... It could well be to top the group. To top the group and face potentially England and well, well, it's, will face England. It, I mean, uh, England, Wales, really or Australia. Everyone's trying to avoid New Zealand in the semi-finals, basically. Yes, yeah. that's why you want to finish top of this pool. Although, take your medicine early. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go crazy here. I'm going to say Scotland for all the stick that I've given. Sco- oh, hang on, no, not yet, <laughs> not yet. Is Finn Russell playing? No. Right, give me South Africa. Take it back. Give me South Africa. Is Finn Russell out? Duncan Weir is uh, oh. playing at 10. South Africa, then. South Africa. Uh, South Af- South Af- this is interesting. So, South Africa, uh, Jean de Villiers is out. Yep. They had, it was basically four names put in the hat to replace him as the, the captain. Mm-hmm. If, if Robshaw went out, yep. hypothetically, who would be next in line for England? You'd uh, have to say Tom, Tom, Wood. Tom Wood. Yeah, Tom Wood. Tom but Wood. after that, Haskell. <laughs> I think uh, I'd, I'd probably say Ben Youngs but yeah South, Af- South Africa had Matfield, Matfield. Skalkberger Scal- Dwayne Vermeulen and Fauri Dupree who they eventually picked which I was say who did they pick and then, Fauri, Fauri Dupree. and then you've got guys with experience like the, the Duplessis brothers in the front row what experience they've got yeah wow huge amount of experience wow. even someone like Willie LaRue yeah Great. and Habana. Hundred plus caps yeah. again on the way. Scotland without Finn Russell are a shadow of their form. They're of winning. Form myself. They South Africa are winning. Yes, and they've got our favourite centre pairing back. Yeah, Dialandi and Jesse, Jesse Creel. Creel, which makes uh, which would make Samoa Scotland a shootout if Samoa win. So um, crikey, we'll keep our eye on that one. Uh, and on to Sunday, Argentina Tonga. That's an interesting one. I think Argentina will will do enough there. Yeah, Argentina. Yeah, I think so. I think Argentina. I thought they'd struggle with Georgia. Uh, how wrong guy? How wrong guy was? Yeah. So um, yeah, I think they'll make short work of them. Actually, they'll do that at a canter. Yeah. And it's uh, it's next weekend before Ireland get a real test because Ireland play Italy this weekend. Is that, yeah. Come on, don't don't make us waste over a decade on your development and not do anything in this in this World Cup. Or <laughs> do, I'll be furious. Do we know if Parise is going to play? I thought right, he was out okay. of the World Cup, no? No, no, no he was no. out of the first couple of games uh, with the hematoma that was drained. Parise is that important that even if he left the squad, they wouldn't replace him? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> Just in principle. How, how can you replace him? <laughs> exactly. Oh, that brings me to a point from last week's pod. Go on. Um, mm. You asked two questions, um, and you said, oh, I bet Phil would know the answer to this. Mm. When I was listening, I was uh, lying by the beach in the uh, Muscat Dive Centre, which was lovely, by the way. Mm-hmm. Listen, I was shouting out. The question was, if um, a player is replaced due to injury, can they come back later in the tournament? And they can't. If someone is replaced due to injury, for example, Billy Vanapola, he is now permanently out of the tournament. Even if he made a miraculous recovery, he cannot return to the squad because he's been excluded through injury. Mm -hmm. The other one was the qualification um, for the next World Cup. Yes. And... I've looked through the rules. So the top three from each pool automatically qualify. Yep. That's 12 teams. 
There's nothing that I can see that guarantees top tier nations. I thought that, and I'll tell you why I thought place. that because Ireland qualified one 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 year. Keith Wood had to go to Siberia to play Russia. <laughs> yeah, as far as I can tell, they've not changed the rule. Um, but looking at the pol- looking at the groups, the pools, all of the top tier nations should fill o- should occupy those um, top three spaces. Which kind of goes back to what I said about Fiji, which is they're going to give some people fits. When they rock over to Germany or whoever they've got to qualify against. Well, because it's, it's done region by region, yeah. isn't it? So they'll go to, like... Papua New Guinea or... Yeah. Somewhat, well, do, they've got a good rugby league team, so... <laughs> they'll, they'll probably do all right, Papua New Guinea. There'll be a few, like, American Samoa where there's 45,000 uh, people yeah, on the just, island. Just an airbase with yeah. a few Marines on it. <laughs> Daniel Jones has tweeted us. Uh, you can get us at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, who says that the Canadian Blazers are now getting a shout-out in the commentary. Now, we happen to know that Nick Mullins was commentating on Canada against France. We also happen to know Nick Mullins listens to the Egg Chasers Rugby podcast. Sorry, the great Nick Mullins. The great, great. The, <laughs> the fine, the top broadcaster, Nick Mullins. Um, he, we know he listens because he tweeted a recommendation for anyone um, to listen to the podcast in the days when there's no rugby to, to, to tide over the gap, and we're very grateful for that, and we love having you on board. Um, and we complimented Nick Mullins in the past on how he respects uh, Stash and doesn't mind. And we, and we said, more, please. We want more. <laughs> and and, and the there you thing, go. Canadian Blazers are getting mentioned as and well. The, and the other thing that we want from Nick Mullins is more analogies, please. Oh, <laughs> we haven't had enough Mullins analogies uh, trying to stop a, a, a rolling ball of barbed wire is my personal favourite. <laughs> That's in relation to Sonotti Sonotti. Yes. And uh, Red Canada Blazers. They, they are amazing, though. They do look brilliant. Who, who on Twitter put out the, um, the England comeback... The question for what could you call an England comeback? Like, Must be oh, yeah, I did that bo- one. I like did the Boklash. Like, like, yeah, so it's South Africa coming back from the Japan defeat to smash Samoa was called the Boklash. I, 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 I want a name for what we will call Saturday night when England twi- heroically beat I Australia. One, I, one. I came up with Rose Erection, but that mm, just sounds a bit rude. It is a bit dodgy. How about Twicker Scam? Because <laughs> <laughs> we've been ripped off. My favourite, someone said on Twitter, was the. The Rob Shaw Shank Redemption. Uh, that's not, that's pretty I, good. I thought that was brilliant. And uh, Angus McIntosh said, uh, just says, and I know Phil will appreciate this one. Just watched. And he said he said this minutes ago. He said just watched France Canada, and Jamie Cudmore is a beast, a, fa- a beast in every facet, a model human being. Cue the Brokeback Mountain music. <laughs> Uh, I've unplugged it, sorry, Tim. Oh, well. Oh. Uh, Jimmy Garrigan says, uh, come on, the World Rugby need to buy the Tier 2 Nations a kicking coach each, uh, and then it'll be even closer still. Yeah, uh, all, all we need to do there. is clone Johnny Wilkinson. 20 Johnny Wilkinsons and hand them out. Yeah. Exactly. Just each nation. Dish them out. Dish them out. <laughs> right, listen, I also want to mention, because we've got a fantasy ESPN Fantasy Rugby League that is going on, and uh, Gavin Doyle has pointed out that a team called Three Cheers for Sorelli Bombo has just broken into our top ten. Which yeah! Is, which is Gavin Doyle's which team. Which is Gavin's team. <laughs> bit of magic there from Sorelli Bombo. Who is Three winning our cheers league? for Sorelli Bombo. Three cheers, very good. Very well good. done. Very good, well done, well done. Who is uh, winning our league? Uh, I can tell you... And in... where are you two? Um, I way am... down, way down, way down. About... 100th, uh, 120th out of... I, I was doing so badly, I've almost just gone, well, I'm just going to give up. So, um, But while, I'm, while Phil's just working that out, let me just say that we will be announcing the winner of our DHL competition. They are the official logistics partner of the Rugby World Cup and kindly gave us two tickets to, to Twickenham to see Australia against Wales on Saturday the 
the 11th of October. Uh, so listen out to our podcast this weekend. The, 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 I, I'm at the NFL on Sunday, so I'm not going to be podding post-England game. Um, so JB and Phil and Bryn Williams will be announcing the winner. So make sure you download the podcast, subscribe on iTunes, download the ACAST app and listen there. And if you have entered, and we've had some brilliant entries, and thank you very much, if you have entered with your telling us your story, your worldwide rugby moment, then we could be telling you that you have got tickets for Twickenham. So uh, I've got to say, sure I mean, it's a very hard competition because it's quite hard to quantify. You can't say, you know, it, it is hard to score them. But I've really enjoyed reading them. I mean, yeah, there's yeah. some awesome ones. Some great ones. There's some great ones. Well, listen up. We'll, we'll have a few of the best and um, and we read every single one. We'll have a few of the best and we will announce our winner at the weekend. Um, and ESPN Fantasy. So we announce it on, sun, on the Sunday pod, yeah? On the Sunday pod, yeah. yeah. So that'll be post-England's Rose-erection. Um, <laughs> that really doesn't sound good. Uh, straight out of Z- Zizut is top of the league. Sam well Wil- done. Sam Wilkinson. Good work, Currently Sam. top. Uh, 11 points ahead of Suck My Pocock. <laughs> uh, any, well, other... any other good names? I like the names. That's my favourite bit. Three cheers for Sir Ailey Bombo. See, I didn't realise this. I didn't realise there's a whole subculture of people that play fantasy sport, and their whole thing is about naming teams. Yeah. You... Yeah. I had no idea. I didn't that, play that, fantasy that, sport. That's an essential part. It's, it's like uh, it's like uh, you know, if you had adult movies, not that I watch any, obviously. No, no. But if, if you had adult movies without the puns, it just wouldn't be. It wouldn't be right, would it? Well, it's strange enough. It's got to be like uh, you know, in Diana Jones and the Temple of Poon, for uh, example. <laughs> just that, that, that's fairly crude. <laughs> I, I quite like uh, Exeter Gently. <laughs> <laughs> It's not not right without the puns and without the good team names. Well, I don't really play fantasy sport because I don't think it's right for me to play a competition where my knowledge can be quantified because it leaves leaves me very exposed. How can you possibly quantify all of that knowledge you've accumulated over the years, That's a very good answer. Uh, Good pod. Thank you very much for listening. At Rugby Podcast, you can find us. Subscribe on iTunes. Listen on Acast and nice one, JB. Thank you, Tim. Three cheers for JB. Three cheers for Phil. (laughs) Cheers, Tim. Very good. Very good. Very good. Well done.